Coming up next, we explore the introverts. It's green and blue. This is the Spectrum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Spectrum Podcast. This is episode number three in a short series of programmes designed to support our understanding of the Spectrum Behavioural Profile available from Evaluation Store. My name is Nick Skinner and I'm your host for this short series of programmes in which I'll be talking with various people who can give us a bit more insight into how the model was developed and how we can use it to maximum effect. I'm an organisational development coach and a consultant and facilitator and I work with people and teams who want to understand themselves a bit more effectively so that they can work together with more impact. I'll be talking today to two of the men behind the Spectrum model, Mr Stephen Berry and Mr Steve Jarrett. Steve and Steve will give us their insight into the behavioural profile and into the various colours that make up that model. In the last podcast, Steve and Steve ran us through the two profile colours of red and yellow, the extroverted colours at the heart of the Spectrum model, and in this episode we're going to look in more detail at the two introverted colours of blue and green. So, Steve Jarrett, you're the man behind much of the thinking behind the model. Tell us about introverted blue. Lovely to be here. So, as you said, introvert and task-focused. So if you compare this to the two that we've already covered, it's going to be quieter and it's going to be slightly slower. I don't mean slower in terms of of thinking, but slower in terms of everything they do. They tend to um, measure three times and cut once. They tend to be thorough, methodical, careful. They tend to be um, somebody that spends a lot of time on their own, if they can, uh, checking that what they've done is absolutely right. They tend to uh, like planning and stick to a plan. They tend to be thorough, uh, careful, analytical. Uh, They tend to take very low risks. They don't tend to be a risk taker. Um, And they don't like making mistakes. They use an established process and they usually take that process with them wherever they go and keep using it. If it's worked once, why would it not work once again? They tend to work, as I said earlier, slowly and quite deliberately, doing things in the right way and making sure that they have a serious and logical solution to the problems that they're working on. And they really don't like surprises or changes. So um, when you're trying to influence them, you have to future pace. You have to tell them what's coming ahead before you get there. They love detail, um, and they sometimes struggle to make decisions because they can see multiple options uh, or multiple solutions to a problem, and they're not sure which one to take. So sometimes they struggle with decision-making. Um, but once they've made their decision and they decided what they're going to do, they can then be quite inflexible and they will stick to it and keep going and keep going and keep going. And they're quite hard then to pull them away from that. Agree with all that. Some that I'd add would be a degree of objectivity. They're very useful for clear, unemotive uh, thinking. So they think logically, think in a structured way. Always someone useful to bounce ideas from, but don't do it instantaneously. This is something that I would like you to think about and then come back to me with your thoughts and your reasons and so on. So they like that time to go away and think on their own. Always, when they offer an opinion, listen, because it's well thought through. We talked earlier about high yellow. High yellow will think out loud and they will throw 10 ideas at you. You might fall off your chair laughing at nine of them. High blue will have the same 10 ideas 
but would have internalized and then rejected the nine of them and come out with the one that's well thought through. A very, very valuable, but often overlooked member of a team. Is that because they're quieter and just work in a more deliberate fashion that they get overlooked, is that? I think they're more reflective and they tend to think about what someone said to them. And so you'll get a lot of pause. And of course, extroverts tend to fill the pause. They can't wait for the for, for you know for the pause, so they just move in. So blues tend to be reflective and slower, um, and they can be seen sometimes as quite negative. They'll have reasons why something can't be done. So if you ask somebody yellow, let's do something, they might say yes and let's do something else as well. But if you said to a blue, they might say yes but I can't afford it. I haven't got the time. I haven't got the space. I'm too busy. They'll have a reason why they can't do something. So they they can be quite negative. Okay, so they're detailed, methodical, um, fact-based people. How do you work with them? Well, one of the stories I always tell is is the first time I um, worked at director level, um, and I had a, a, um, a CEO that was very red and a chief financial officer who was very, very blue, and they both asked me for the same information. And because Spectrum teaches us to treat other people how they want to be treated, I produced two different reports. The one for the person that was red was on one piece of paper in summary format, with bullet points, and the one that was blue, I created the detail, and they were both happy. The blue person was allowed to go away and read it and think about it for several days. The red person scanned the front page and was able to make a decision there and then. So working with blue is about giving them time, giving them space. If you're selling to someone who's blue, for example, don't put pressure on them. Allow them to think they've made a decision. So answer their questions and leave them alone. And they will come back to you with more questions and they might take ages before they buy. But if you keep ticking their boxes and satisfying their needs and giving them the detail that they need, they will probably end up buying from you or in a work-based situation working in harmony with you. Um, They can be quite frustrating to work with because for me, because I'm more extrovert, they tend to work quite slowly and I tend to like working at pace. So I have to respect that. The story that's coming into my mind is a particular team that I was training and building for a particular job that we we can't talk about. It's a job of of national um, importance and security. There was the team leader was very high red, but on the team was this immensely intelligent, immensely talented, very high blue individual. But we were talking about security, we're talking about threats, we're talking about things going wrong. He was brilliant at that because he will spot the potential threats that the rest of us have missed. That negative disposition of looking at the downside, looking at the potential risks, uh, the guy was nothing short of a genius. He did have a PhD, but he wouldn't make himself known. He would not get the time to speak out because there was so much noise going on, all the extroverts were talking. So where we came to was that he would, with his hands, make a timeout sign. And when he made a timeout sign, everybody in the room was then quiet and listened to what he had to say. And there was one particular instance, I put them in a situation, uh, a, a situation of high stress. It was just a, a model. It wasn't a real stress situation. So we're in this high stress security crisis situation and the red team leader was in full flow. As you can imagine, he was animated. There was lots going on. And then this very high blue person did the team out. I remember the red, high red leader physically freezing, his mouth still open. And then the high blue guy came out with a solution, which was the right thing to do. So true story. They're very, very useful people because they can spot the risks that the rest of us have missed.
Okay, so, so far on the other cars we've spoken about, uh, because they've been extrovert, we've been able to ask Steve to give us a, uh, an impersonation of that colour, and it's probably come across quite well on, on audio. I'm guessing blue is quite a hard one to impersonate, but you're going to give it a go, Steve. I'll, right? I'll give it a go, but again, without the, the, the face and the eyes and the body language, and the fact that this is my lowest score, this is the one that I find the hardest uh, to do. So I'll, I'll give it a go and see, see what you think. Um, I tend to stick to the plan, and I am thorough, careful, and analytical. I don't take risks. I like to check everything at least twice, complete my work on time, and error-free. I like to follow an established process. I tend to work quite slowly and deliberately. Doing things the right way is very important to me. I have a serious and logical way of working. I don't like surprises or changes. I really enjoy detail. Sometimes I struggle to make decisions uh, because I need more information and I can come across as a little inflexible. Okay, so you can see the pace, has, the pace and animation have gone out of the body as well. And hopefully you? the tune was slightly more monotone. Mm -hmm. I, I know from my own experience of, of uh, bumping into a, uh, uh, a guy who was very involved in, in um, uh, the winning of new work for his organisation. I bumped into him in the corridor and I said, I understand you've had a great quarter for winning new work. You must be really excited. And this guy was very deep blue, and uh, he said, uh, "Yes, we've had the most successful, uh, we've had the most successful quarter that we could possibly have wanted to have, uh, and it's actually really making me feel very excited and motivated." <laughs> and he said all of these things with a deadpan, flat face, whilst almost looking at the floor. So I think with with blue, it's quite hard to get the energy out from blue and into other people, isn't it? I know that, for instance, I work with lots of technical people who are very high blue, scientific people who are very high blue, who who want to give presentations and, and want to make them exciting and animated, and it's not their strength or forte to do that. Um, so is it how, how do you work with them then to get that get that out of them? How do you let them explore that other side of themselves? Well, I personally use a coaching technique, and, and I like to talk about the, the elements of eye contact, facial mask, body language, and pitch tone and volume of the voice. One of the things that I do, and it might sound slightly crazy and, and wacky, but is pretend that you have a volume control in your back or a volume slider on your back and physically touch the person on their back and move my hand up and down to make them increase or decrease their volume. And I also get them to increase their eye contact uh, and also to move their body. So just by moving their body more, increasing their volume, changing the pitch and the tone of the volume through coaching and increasing their eye contact to audiences, they're still blue, they still have all the, the attributes of blue, but they're coming across with a little more red, a little more yellow, a little more green. The other thing with, with blues, which I think is, is very, very important, is because they are more introvert, they're much more difficult to read. You tend to have less facial movement, less eye contact, a much more monotone and quieter voice, and less excitable body language. So because they're quite still and speak in a more monotone voice, um, they tend to be quite difficult to read and really understand where they're coming from. Are there job roles where we might expect to see blues being more dominant then? Because they're, I'm thinking sort of accounting and IT. Is that right for me to think in that way? I think that's true. I think we also have a chance of the exchequer at the minute that goes off the scale on blue. Um, yes, because those are roles that require reflective thought, require detail, require you to get it right. 
you're not going to be in a situation where, well, let's just try this and see if it works. That's where you want the high yellow. But we get one shot at this. Um, let's analyze it and work out what's the best thing to do. That's where the blue comes. I think you're right with the accountant. And it can, it can be, therefore, that they're, they're sort of seen as a bit low on people skills sometimes. So I'm thinking also of uh, doctors or consultants who might be very high blue because uh, they follow a process and a methodology. Uh, and they might not give them the best bedside manner. Absolutely. But I quite like the fact that my surgeon is analytical and careful and step-by-step -step and methodical. And everything that he uh, put put in me, he takes out of me again, and uh, <laughs> and counts everything, and 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 has a proper system and policy and process to follow, um, and particularly high on health and safety. In fact, you've, by you saying that, that's reminded me a particular doctor at the surgery that I go to. You don't go to one doctor; you book in with any. There was one who was a GP, very unpopular. People would go to him as a last resort. I really liked him, and what it was was. The red, uh, sorry, the, 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 the blue. What he would do would be unemotional, factual, that's the answer. People wanted the good bedside manner. Personally, I couldn't care less about that. And so uh, he was unpopular, but popular with me. Mm. Okay, so can you give us a few more examples of, of, of blue and what blue looks like? What, one of my favourite examples of blue behaviour is, and it's quite an excessive use of blue, so it's quite extreme, was sitting on a train from London to Ipswich, which is quite a long journey and falling asleep and opposite me before I fell asleep opposite me was a very very blue chap talking to one of his colleagues and he started his conversation by saying firstly I would like to talk about secondly I would like to talk about thirdly I would like to talk about I fell asleep and woke up just outside Ipswich and he said and 32ndly and 33rdly and 34thly and he was going through these things step by step the guy sitting next to him eyes were bloodshot his face was white and he couldn't wait for the train to pull in the station and leave the train. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. The last time you told that story, it was 13th anyway, Um In our household at home, my wife will use blue very, very well. Uh, she will also use the other three colours. She sort of adapts between all three of them, all four of them, I suppose. Um, but the fact that personally I don't like using the blue behaviour at home, it's very liberating that my wife will. So who books the holidays? My wife does. The one holiday I booked, it was way off the scale in terms of price because I didn't bother looking at the detail of numbers and price and things like that. That's just too much detail. Um, we also have a shopping book and if you run out of something, you have to write it in the book. So if you're the last person or you look at the cornflakes and there aren't many left, you write cornflakes in the book and she will take the book shopping with her. It's brilliant. It means we never run out of anything. And if we do, it's because someone hasn't written it in the book. She has these processes for everything. And actually in the family, that's incredibly liberating. Also in the family, my eldest daughter is very high green, followed up by a very high blue. She's training to be a lawyer. She's studying law. And that's perfect. It's the detail of going through the law, the minutiae, and the passion that we'll come on to when we talk about green for um, ethics and for things to be right and for justice of the green. It's a great little marriage uh, of green and blue for the lawyer, particularly someone like a, a human rights lawyer or someone that's going to put the world right. So there are massive, massive positives of blue. Don't overlook them. What are their flashpoints at work, Steve? The flashpoints are that they don't like change, particularly short-term change. They like to plan their week ahead, their month ahead, their quarter ahead, possibly even their year ahead. So if you're going to change something, 
um, you need to warn them in advance and get them to understand and be involved in that from a very early point. And they don't like being put on the spot. So not a great idea to ask someone who's very high in blue um, off the cuff to speak in public. And by the way, be funny as well. That probably won't work too well. Um, but in order to work with them, if you're logical with them, you'll get, you'll get a good relationship going. And the other thing that I find really funny about blue is that they tend to communicate in writing. And we have a story that you and I were involved in, Nick, where two people that were blue sat next to each other at work in an open plan office and they emailed each other, which I just think is really funny. Instead of turning to them and speaking and having a conversation, they decided to email. It wasn't quite, would you like a cup of tea, but almost. I remember it. I remember it very well. And, and so these people are list makers, aren't they? They have an organised approach to life and... Um, Provided everything is steady and calm, you can expect a great output from them. But if things become turbulent, they might need some guidance or reassurance. Is that, yep. I guess, like many of us, we yeah. recognise that. Yeah. Uh, so under stress, if I move towards blue behaviour under stress, what do I start to exhibit then? Yes, you're probably going to slow down. You'll take even longer to make decisions. You'll check something multiple times just because you don't want to make a mistake. For you, that's a risk. Uh, probably become more introverted, probably quieter, and all those are the little alarm bells of stress. Any others, Nick? Very stubborn, oh, typically, yes. and yes. Uh, won't shift from their position. So, you know, almost arms folded and, and not moving from the position I'm in because, you know, I, that's, I believe that I'm right. They so, have an inbuilt internal um, um, uh, ability to think that their answer is the right one and other people might be wrong. So, the more I push somebody who's high blue under stress the more they're going to say no to the it. heels yeah. will dig it absolutely so what so then what do i do take my foot off the gas and let them reflect on it and go back to them is that the way that you yeah. would work that certainly if someone's red and they're and they're becoming more and more angry with someone who's blue the blue person will become more and more stubborn and will not shift from that position if the red person doesn't change their behavior then the blue person won't either so it's about that red person understanding that they need to use a different color either blue on blue or yellow or green, in order to stop that person from being stubborn. They, you know, We have to change our behaviour. It's the definition of madness. If you keep using the same behaviour, they actually expect to get a different outcome. If you're looking at help or wanting to change the decision of someone with high blue, I would say the first calling point would be use blue behaviour. If that doesn't work, then yes, go on to the two, yellow and green. But the way in which you use blue behaviour is persuade them with logic, structured, ordered process. These are the 27 reasons why mm. uh, I think we should be doing this. Mm. And by the time we've got to 26, they might just be shifting to consider <laughs> your position. Special power of blue then, Steve, what would that be? Analytical thinking, the ability to uh, look at a situation, to analyse it really well and come up with a plan or several plans to be able to solve the problem that you've got. Very, very good at solutions, but maybe not always decisive enough. So special power is analytical thinking. Now then, moving round to the people-focused introvert, which in the spectrum model is green. You guys can tell us all about green. Yeah, so green is, as you said, introvert and people-focused. So uh, quiet like blue, but because it's people-focused, it tends to have um, a focus on how everyone else is. Rather than thinking about tasks and, and processes like blue, it's now thinking externally about people. 
Um, it tends to focus on others rather than self. Uh, it tends to set very, very high standards. It likes high quality things and it tends to try and buy the best that it can afford. It doesn't always mean they buy the most expensive. Um, it's, it's based on a, a means. They tend to strive for perfection. They set and expect high standards of work from others and they try hard to do right things. It's all about truth and justice. When they're working with Green, it's about you and them being honest and having an open relationship. It's about being showing integrity and they like to be rewarded and appreciated without asking. And they will feel hurt and emotional if they're excluded from anything or not given that feedback, particularly the positive feedback. They have a very soft and personal working style. It's very important for them that everyone else around them is okay. They tend to be intuitive, they tend to be very kind and helpful, and they have a coaching style. So they're not an ask or a tell, they tend to coach and consider. They will ask for support back, and they will take setbacks personally. They can become very emotional, um, and they're very keen on collaboration. They like team, but in a different way to, to yellow. It's, a, it's more about um, having a harmonious team of people that are happy doing their jobs and working together well, rather than necessarily having fun. These are the guys in the team that remember people's birthdays and go and get the cards that everyone needs to sign and get the cake and all that sort of stuff. These are the guys I will sometimes describe as the mortar between the bricks of any team. Uh, high green in a team always means that there's a good chance that green can, uh, the green can influence the team for strong, harmonious teamwork. Lovely people to have around. However, if you're the boss, look after them because the green will quite often take on more work than they need to. They'll take on something from somebody else because they could either do it better or to release that person to go home earlier or do they, they'll find a reason why they should be doing work that somebody else should be doing. Yeah. That means they're the person that is staying working until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night rather than going home. So look after them. They'll take too much on, teach them to say no. The biggest thing you can do for Green is teach them to say no. They don't like doing that. So if I'm the boss, what I could do is say to the Green, well, you can say, Steve says I can't dot, 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 dot. Then I'm the bad guy and not them because they don't like saying no. Okay, uh, but they're good listeners, are they? Therefore, yeah. that sounds very, like they're very good, good listeners. The sort of person that you go to at work when you want to discuss a problem or an issue. They tend to be quite maternal or paternal. So that naturally, uh, you orientate towards those people. They're helpful, they're kind, they don't judge initially. They sit and listen. Um, they tend to uh, um, spend their time worrying about how everyone else is rather than themselves. So they're the sort of person, as Steve said, that will constantly um, ask if you're okay. If you're okay, they'll be okay. They get a big personal buzz from helping others. So that's one of their drivers they get a personal identity um, from yes being useful in other people's lives and are they um, uh, are they a bit perfectionist on that basis as well then they can be perfectionistic although we're going to come to this later I, I believe the perfectionist is actually the aqua which is a blend of blue okay. and green together okay. but green yes certainly sets high standards for itself and others and demands that you do the best that you can mm. they also have a strong belief in depth so the shallow and the superficial and the fickle is an anathema to them. They really do not like being in that environment. Uh, and if you really want to upset very high green, butt up against the values. Whatever their values are, so if their values are trust and you betray them, 
you're probably never going to get back on their trust list. So whatever their values are, their values might be um, something, I don't know, ecological, and you're a meat eater. It's going to be very difficult for you to get back on their trust list. Once you've broken that trust, they're probably the most difficult. And you said also there you used the word never, I think, which is something that I, from conversations, Steve, that you and I have had, uh, always and never are yeah. two words that I really associate with green. Yeah. Certainly with blues and reds, you'll hear things like, that's the third time you've left the lid off the toothpaste, and the fourth time you haven't picked up the towel this week, but the green will probably say you always leave the towel on the floor and you never pick up, sorry, never pick up the towel and you always leave the lid off the toothpaste. Mm. So always and never. The other thing with greens, if you want to try and spot it, is they tend to say sorry all the time and they tend, as Steve said earlier, to say yes all the time. So when they want to join in a conversation, they will say things like, sorry, sorry to bother you. Is it okay if I have a couple of minutes of your time? I mean, back to the always and never, if I was very high red and I would say, Steve, look, whenever we go for a drink, you always drink far too much. I am never going out for a drink with you again. And that was today. Tomorrow, should we go for a beer? Uh, the always and never <laughs> means nothing at all to the red. Mm. But when the green says, I'm never going out for a beer with you again, uh, he won't. So they're, so they're not very forgiving, actually. No, and I think where red would, would forget if they had an, a, a, an angry outburst, within five minutes they're back to their normal profile, mm. um, the green would carry that around with them for some time. Mm. And unless the red apologised and genuinely meant it, uh, the green would probably harbour that and remember it forever. So my wife's very green, and when we have arguments, she can remember every single one of my faults since I've known her over 30 years and, and give them back to me with both barrels in about 60 seconds, every one of my weaknesses and mistakes and errors I've ever made. So if they're, if they're worried about pleasing others, and I think, Steve, you've, you've mentioned this, is it likely then that greens are more likely to have time management issues associated with the way they work? And is it more likely than any other profile colour? Oh, good question. I would say not more likely than any other profile. Prof uh, yes, they are likely to have issues. I think everyone can have time management problems, but slightly different mm. drivers. In fact, I remember doing a colour-based time management course. And the reason we developed that was that standard time management courses don't work because they do the one-size-fits-all. Well, we're not one size. And so with this particular one, it was medieval-themed, and we had the red knight, the green knight, the yellow knight, and the blue knight, and they all had certain distractions, they all had certain things. So I wouldn't say that they are more likely, it's just slightly different things. They were quite often getting on with the people stuff and making sure people are happy, making sure the team is going well, rather than doing task X. Mm which they have relegated, where maybe you as the boss might have liked to have promoted. And one of the things that um, comes up a lot is, uh, you know, I have a PowerPoint presentation to make, and if you look at the four colours, uh, you'll quite quickly see that the, the, the red person will have one slide with three bullet points on it, the blue person will have 47 slides, and it'll all be words, um, the yellow person will only have pictures and music, and it will be funny, and the green person will go for quality. It will be the highest quality resolution images they can. And before they present, they will be absolutely full of dread that it isn't good enough. So when Steve was talking about time management, um, typically it won't be that it's not finished. It will be that it's not good enough. Yep. Okay, okay. So if you're agonising, and also if you're agonising over what font, etc., that you use, that's the green, that's yeah. your green coming out, is yeah. it? Yeah. I'll say this from a position of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that's from my own personal experience. So... Uh, and then also one of the things that my uh, clients often say to me about green is when you talk about green is a collection, connections with uh, other branding. So we associate quality as being a colour 
with green. I know that lots of businesses use green in their uh, in their logos where we associate that with quality as well. So John Lewis, etc. Is is there any kind of connection in, in the way that works? That's a PhD waiting to be done. Um, I do see color. I do see organisations where there is not a connection. But we see a lot where there is. I think there is a PhD waiting to be done with the colour of the logo of a company and the behaviour that it's seeking, and particularly the customer it's seeking to attract. Uh, so when I say customer seeking to attract, if you imagine if we go into the field of cars, then the Ferrari driver uh, will be almost always very strong red behaviour. The Volvo driver will be very much the blue behaviour. Uh, the mini driver probably will be the yellow behaviour. Green can be all sorts of things, but uh, particularly the hybrids, they'll be the earlier adopters of, of the hybrids. So uh, cars can tell us a lot about an individual, and yes, I think brands probably can, but we need the PhDs to tell us that. I, I, think, I think with brands, and I don't know the answer, but is it a coincidence that Harrods is green? Is it a coincidence that Waitrose is green? Is it a coincidence that Tesco's are red and blue? Is it a coincidence that Sainsbury's is, is orange? Um, I, I don't think it is. Whether they chose the colour deliberately or subliminally, I don't know. But when you look at their offering and you look at their customer base, they typically try to attract the four colours. And typically the you know Waitrose customer tends to be someone who wants quality, whereas Tesco's tends to be somebody who wants something that's cheap. So, uh, you know, um, it, 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 I, I believe there is a, a connection, but as Steve said, PhD waiting to be done. <laughs> Not by me, though. Tell us a bit more about green, then. What, what kind of thing can you get? Well, I think that um, uh, the best way is probably, like we've done with the other three colours, to tell a few examples of where we've seen green probably again in excess because when it's funny, we tend to remember it. <laughs> and I was at someone's house um, and there were several people there and the host, who was very high green, decided that uh, we would have a takeaway. And some people wanted Indian, some people wanted Chinese and some people wanted a kebab. And this person went out and actually bought four or five different dishes from three different takeaways so that everybody was happy. And they didn't actually have what they wanted either. They were self-denying at that point. So they actually wanted something completely different and uh, but allowed everyone else to be happy, and that made them happy. Another family story from me. So my great-uncle, long since gone, but when I was a child, we lived in South London, and he lived south of Bristol. And these were the days when you would actually pick up hitchhikers. People would hitchhike, expect to get a lift, and would generally get a lift. So he picked up a hitchhiker, um, getting onto the motorway somewhere around Bristol, on his way to us in London, the hitchhiker wanted to go to Birmingham. So he took the hitchhiker all the way up to Birmingham, dropped him off, and then came back down to London. <laughs> That's brilliant, excessively high green. Great example of, of yeah, being the servant to others, isn't mm. it? And, and just um, being nice, as they would say it. If I'm working with green, uh, what are going to be their flashpoints then? So conflict. Um, they don't really like having arguments with people, particularly with the, the high red. Um, and they don't like saying no, so they will always say yes, and as Steve said earlier, they're the ones that are still there at 8 o'clock at night feeling put upon, and they will be emotional inside, and they will be quite upset, and it's the most likely of the four colours to probably cry in extreme stress, so highly emotional, high conflict, if they don't feel appreciated, if they feel put upon, if they're the last person there um, suffering, 
then you might get that emotional outburst from them. So, and is that one of the early indicators? If I'm working with somebody who moves towards green when they are under stress, what might be the early indicators then that they, that they do become emotional? I think greens can get cross, um, and I have uh, seen that. And a, a lot of people see that when a green gets cross, they think it's red. So listen to the content, because as we said earlier, reds will have some facts and figures in there, and it will be quite cut, cutting and aggressive. Greens will be emotional, but they will still be quite angry. But after they've been angry, what you quite often see with greens is then they become very quiet and very passive. And as I said, they can probably the most likely to cry. And then end up apologising for whatever it was they did, yes. Yeah. And then even after you've had the closed down conversation where it's all finished, they will go back and apologise again and again and the next day and the next week and be apologising forever. Yeah, so someone that is apologising forever, you can definitely put that in the uh, yeah. strong green category. Yeah. And I understand also from what you said to me in the past, that if I'm working with somebody who's green, their, their style is going to ask, it should be a, could you do this, could you do that, would you, could you? It's not a tell style. It's no. Much more consultant. Much more asking, yeah. And, and, and I suppose that leads on to, to my famous now impressions <laughs> I'll try and do a, a green one, with, again, without the body language and facial mask, but uh, the voice will be quieter, it's more introvert, a little slower, but you'll hear it's different from blue, uh, and I'll try and slightly exaggerate it for the purpose of the podcast. So um, green people tend to say, um, I'm very sorry to, to bother you, um, and, and I hope the volume's going to be loud enough for this podcast, and if it isn't, I'm really sorry, it'll probably be my fault. Um, could I get you all a drink before we start? Because I think that you might need um, a refreshment. Um, but what I'd like to do is to set very high standards and to try and help and be kind to everybody. Uh, and I'm probably the person that makes the coffee about every 20 minutes for everyone in the team, thus leaving my own tasks uh, not to be completed. And you all go home at five o'clock and I'm still there um, because I didn't finish my work earlier. And for that, I am truly sorry. They're, so they're, they're, they're kind of special people. They're, as you said, Steve, they're the mortar between the bricks, which is, I'm sure, Greens would like to hear. Uh, and so they're special power, Steve. I would say it's listening and it's about being a team player. Um, and the, the other thing that I would like to put in there is setting very high standards. Hmm. So there we have it. Blue and green, the two introverted colours of the Spectrum model, which complement nicely the red and yellow that we looked at in the earlier episode. So that's all four colours now covered. We've looked in detail at the attributes and behaviours of each one, uh, and we can see how different they are. In the next episodes, what we will do is start to look at how those colours blend together. Many people will have a two-colour blend. So green and blue, for instance, will come together to make aqua, or blue and red will come together to make purple, or red and yellow will come together to make orange, and yellow and green will come together to make lime. Each of these profiles is different to the others and has its own intricacies. So we will start to look at those double blends, and then we'll look at the triple blends, where we have more than two colours, where three colours, or maybe even four colours uh, in the four colour blends come together to give us a blended behaviour uh, that makes us all different and if we're going to understand the model it's really important that we understand how these double and triple blends work so until then on behalf of steve berry and steve jarrett and myself thank you very much for listening 
Don't forget that if you don't yet have your own Spectrum profile, that you can still get one uh, from evaluationstore.com. Visit evaluationstore.com and follow the on-screen instructions. And we hope very much that you'll be back to listen to our next episode and we can go into some more depth about the model. Until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.